When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. How's it going, Nadia? How's it going, everybody? Oh man, Lon, we have a lot to unpack in this episode. By the way, this is, I believe, the second last episode before the tell-all. Nice. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Are you excited because it's going to be finally over and that we will no longer be subjected to a montage of Angela doing a fashion show that we didn't ask for? <laughs> I called that the pretty woman montage in my notes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of similarity, right? Like she's a skank. It's a famous. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that wasn't the similarity I was going for. But, but hey, now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, it's like she's a skank in real life and Julia Roberts <laughs> plays one. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a familiar montage that I've seen other films or, or parodies do where, you know, she comes out of the dressing room and, you know, it's, oh, try this on and getting spoiled or pampered by the shop owner or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm anyways <laughs> so i guess we have to uh tackle the elephant in the room or in this case in the blue room <laughs> where <laughs> michael went to play with his joystick poor guy yeah for two minutes apparently. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say the french meme the two minutes later or something like two that. minutes later, later. Yeah. <laughs> i don't i feel bad I don't know for michael I felt bad for him too. Well, you, you go first. Well, here's the thing. If I'm a guy, well, actually any gender, right? Would masturbate. And then we're all adults here. So I'm sorry, listeners, if you're feeling icky here, but let's be real. Can you actually masturbate listening to Angela cackling? Laughing. Yeah. Like, seriously. Jokes. Seriously. Ew. Ew. Like yeah. I lost my appetite. I love. Yeah. I would. I usually have dinner <laughs> during the time we watch Ninety Day Fiance in our household, and I wasn't turned off by Michael trying to masturbate. I was turned off by her laughing at him trying to <laughs> trying to get a check on his phone. Yeah, and there was nothing him. arousing about the phone call, even when right. she would try to kind of throw in. She was um, trying to do a sexy talk. So. Yeah. Right. And then she, she laughs. Still laughing and cracking Ugh. jokes about it. So it, to me, it's like, dude, in two minutes, that must be a lie. Because there was nothing remotely arousing about how she, how she was treating the situation. I didn't get it. I think it was just there for comic relief. For me, I think we all know that there's no way that Angela's going to tote the baby, much more her daughter going to tote the baby. So I don't really see this scene going anywhere in the bigger scheme of things. Yeah. It was there. It was filler. It was filler. It was, it was comic relief for me. It it was, it was entertaining a little bit, but I don't think it added any value for me at least, but I know Instagram, Instagram and all the 90 day accounts thought otherwise, it was definitely good content (laughs) for content creators a meme and stuff like that so there's oh, that man. were they memeing about michael in particular or about angela most of the memes i saw was angela's phone face on on his phone you know with, with yeah. her like looking in with her face and laughing <laughs> yeah stuff nightmares not made of that's what it is yeah <laughs> right well i don't wish to further go into it because I just feel like we've all been taken for a ride. Angela has no intention of toting the baby. You know, whether she's size 21 or size 11. Right? Yeah. So, 
TLC, can we just stop featuring Angela? This is done already. Yeah. You know, the relationship is abusive. It's toxic. Angela is a nasty person. I didn't get her appeal. I really don't. She's just trashy all around. So, so yeah. Skank. I'm done. I'm done (laughs) with Angela. I'm done too. (laughs) So let's move on to Tiffany and Ronald. What do you guys say, Juan? All right. So they are doomed. I think Tiffany got what she came for in this trip. And that's answers. The counseling? Uh, answers as to whether Ronald's a keeper or not. Right. Mm. This that's what this was kind of think. the right. You would think, I would hope <laughs> I would after hope what too. happened, right? After everything that that's gone on, that he doesn't treat her with respect or not not at least the level of respect that she's looking for. Yeah. He went into counseling. I think not really going to learn, but hoping that the counselor would either take sides or would get her to see more of his point of view Mm -hmm. rather than to accept that maybe things would be pointed out to him that he needed to work on. And and let's talk about the counseling for a second. That was his uncle, right? Mm -hmm. And even though the uncle is, is a professional, which I don't know, I highly doubt that. But that's already unfair, right? You don't go to your uncle and you say, oh, because he'll tell me like it is. Yeah, but that's still your uncle. So I wanted to see some credentials. I know you were, you're big into looking up people's credentials. <laughs> I, I don't know if you did or not with the uncle. You know, as soon as I saw the crosses in the room, I already knew that there was going to be uh, some religious uh, history behind right. right connotation to his counseling yeah right to his methods and sure enough he starts saying things like men need their egos boosted by their wives and like no partners need their egos boosted by their partners it goes both ways right right like women also need to feel that from their husbands or you know what i mean and i'm just like come on dude this doesn't even sound like a counselor anymore just this just seems like a man talking like man stuff yeah. You know, to me, at least. Right. And, and he was like, Ronald, you are the man. And he j- jumped into gender roles right away. Right. Yeah. You're, you're the head husband. of household. You're the head of the household. Yeah. yeah. And granted, he did switch it up and say your first priority should be your wife or whatever have you. Yeah. But it was still this very like gendered role type approach to counseling. counseling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, can we see some credentials, bruh? I don't <laughs> trust you, man. <laughs> I would believe you if you said he's my uncle. Yeah, that sounds like your uncle talking to his nephew, but that doesn't sound like a counseling, a marriage counselor or a yeah. counseling professional. Come on. <laughs> I think the moment I saw his title as a pastor, I was like, <gasps> yeah. Is that what it said? I missed that. Yeah, I think he's a pastor. Oh, um, why? I, I could be pastor? wrong. Maybe I'll watch it again. And, and this time I'll really stalk him, but... I think I saw the word pastor and I was like, okay, this is that kind of marriage counseling with right. that whole religious parallelism along with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like Tiffany came out of it like being validated, being vindicated, even though there's all that gender biasness going on with his advice and everything. But I thought, okay. Maybe he overcompensated. Maybe he knows that because he and Ronald are related, he didn't want to like cite too much with his nephew. So he kind of maybe went with Tiffany's point of view instead or he agreed more towards her. Mm. But I felt like she came out of it feeling vindicated. And I know that because the first thing Ronald said to the camera was like, I didn't get 1% in. And I already knew that was his ego talking. I knew he didn't feel good about the counseling session. He felt it was a waste of time. And it's like he was being... My uncle's more on your your side. He was being belligerent coming out of it. And that's when he's like, well, are you going to stop criticizing me? Because that's the advice, right? That the uncle gave. And this is where I feel like there was a disconnect in their relationship because he sees it as criticism. She sees it as feedback, as fact. Mm. She said they were facts. And I can see how that's offensive to him because to him, it's not facts. That's pure criticism to him. But Mm. to her, that's no, I'm telling you, that's a factual statement. And that's where I think they cannot see eye to eye on. And then he went on to say, oh, so you think you're here for a vacation? 
Right. And then he went on to say, well, of course it's a vacation because back in US, you have your mom to help you out. And that's where I think he got it all wrong because she came there to live with him as a family. She's not right. there going on the beach, going on trips or whatever. She's going there so that they can all live together as a family. So I don't know why he sees that as a vacation. Like, of course, with him around, she would like to take some of those duties off her plate. Because, right. I mean, why the hell are you my husband if you're not helping me with the diapers, if you're not helping me with the groceries, cooking or whatever, right? So, I, yeah, you're right. They're doomed. That's a long about way of saying that they're the doomed. The irony but- too is, uh, is at the very beginning, he's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes for them to stay right. here bruh she's telling you what to do and you're like no (laughs) i don't want to do that she's telling you what you need to do man make responsible decisions financially take care of the kids when i need to take care of the kids yeah (laughs) so it's so funny that they reduced it down to just scooping up poop you need to scoop that poop ronald (laughs) i'm like but it's bigger than that (laughs) yeah but it's bigger than that right it's not um, it's not about duties it's more about communication and to his credit though i want to bring it back to what you said was facts there's still a kinder way to present facts here's my example right i wrote it in my notes Mm -hmm. when she's like i was a blessing in this man's life he was a gambler and a liar i'm like is that what you want to start counseling with god dang you know what i mean right away i would have my defenses up if i were i'd be like Mm, that's so what i learned today lon at work is that when that happens your amygdala goes off (laughs) your fight or flight (laughs) your amygdala that's responsible for uh, yeah that's the gland in your brain that's like fight or flight so that's that's the trigger gland (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's triggering yeah that is I thought that was a blessing like, in my life. Right. Like, wait a minute. Pump <laughs> the brakes, woman. Yeah. yeah. He's um, a gambler and a liar. Jeez. I'm like, okay, that's this is where we're starting off. All right. If this is not scripted, right? You can see that that's where the frustrations are coming from. Like she's oh, frustrated. Yeah. She's had it with him. He's had it with her. I would be tremendously surprised if they're still together, which I think they are. What? Yeah, I'm tremendous. So, yeah, they're still holding on to this storyline. So I, I I don't know. I don't even know if he's in the US, you know? So maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's for the kids. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> to me, the last few episodes and maybe the, the upcoming episode, for me at least, looks like she's got her answer. It's one of those things where like, okay, well, what are you going to do with this information now? You, yeah. you got what you were looking for. It's, it's tougher to let go. I think for a lot of people, it's tougher to let go. It's always, okay, yeah, I have the answer I'm looking for, but I think it's going to be worth it <laughs> to fight for it yeah. and to work on it and to make things improve. So that's their prerogative. So Lan, I thought we can lightly touch on Andre and Libby. I don't know. I, I don't have much to say. And I think, too, this is even more fabricated than I believed it was early on. One, we're in a pattern now. We're in a pattern of um, Chuck going, this needs to be resolved. Let's have a family gathering that we can fight at. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you always do. You've done this the entire time. Let's go fight on a boat. Let's go fight in an RV. Let's go. I'm like, let's go fight in my are, sister's house. What are you thinking, man? You know, and it's just a pattern. And I'm yeah. like, dude, this is just a tired pattern that you're stuck in. Like, we need to squash this. We need to bring the family together and, and work this out. Dude, you've been doing that all season. So the cookout isn't going to change a damn thing. And then when the sisters, when it focused on the sisters, which I thought could have been an interesting angle, but then it turned into, oh, let's uh, let's team up together and blow them out of the water. I'm like, mm. this is so dumb, dude. This is so stupid. And my brother was like, they're pitching. That was their pitch. That was their show pitch. They're pitching their own show. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they were doing. Like, yeah. 
pitching their show on this one. The pitch kinda, of all pitches. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, for me, at least this couldn't be more fabricated. And that was pretty much the, the sum of my notes for them. Yeah. Lon, I think Chuck is what the kids nowadays call a simp. A simp? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks a fucking cookout will make people happy and bring everyone together. Oh, he's so wrong. He's, he's so simp. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's simping. He's, yeah, totally. I do want to point out something that I thought was offensive. I'm not sure if you caught it, but Jen said something along the lines of she thinks that Andre coming from Moldova shouldn't be expecting a lot because he didn't come from, come a, lot. from a lot. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure if you guys that. caught it. And I thought, yeah. oh man, is that American imperialism talking? <laughs> 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 that, you know, America's number one. It's like, come on, man. Who's to say that Andre didn't have a good life? You know, I mean, yeah, maybe right. it's different, but you know, he's not exactly suffering in Moldova either. He's not homeless. He has food on the table. His parents look like they're doing okay. For Jen to kind of condescend like that about him, I just thought that was pretty tasteless. Yeah. That's like, uh, whatchamacallit, Chantel's family looking down on Pedro's family in Dominican Republic, you yeah, said it? Republic. Yeah, and they're not doing too poorly by Dominican standards, right? But as Americans, Chantel's family looks down on them, right? Mm-hmm. They have that attitude of like, yeah, we better off. Right. Know? The way I t- interpreted that too was also the ignorance of privilege, right? right? When you come from privilege, you have no idea how hungry and how badly people who don't come from a lot want to succeed right want more so in my head when she said that i was like what are you talking about that's not even remotely true right if Mm. what you were saying let's just assume that if you what you were saying was true about him not really coming from a lot to then follow it up with he shouldn't expect a lot actually that's the complete opposite when you have nothing the drive to want everything and to want to succeed is even stronger. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hungry. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, yeah. you want it all. So like, I can understand anyone coming from an impoverished country. It's the American dream. It's what the American dream is built on, is to mm-hmm. come from nothing and then to get it all, right? Yeah, like, to rise above. And, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Scarface. It's why we, we cheer Scarface on, even though he's the bad guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he comes from nothing and he, ro- he rose to the top. What the fuck are you talking about? Not before snorting a lot of cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) That's besides the point. I do want to add that Jen is not the only one here that was spewing some condescension. Becky actually called Andre and Libby a team of scammers. Yeah. I thought that was like a bad jab to your own sibling. Yeah, Yeah, they're scammers. Come on, man. Meanwhile, you all, your entire family has mug shots. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Hot meat kettle. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe we can talk about Big Mike and Natalie. And now there's a third party, Juliana. <laughs> I don't know about you, Lon, but when I watch Natalie and Juliana, I get that whole um, fatal attraction slash single white woman vibes. Do you? From Juliana? Yeah. Juliana and Natalie. Like the way they interact, how touchy-feely they are. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know. And that's where I read it. So I, I could see it. I could see it from that angle. Like, is there something more here? Is that is there a relationship going on here? And I kind of alluded to that in our previous episode. But I just gave it the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe it's a culture where they don't mind getting this close. And maybe we're seeing it from the westernized lens where, oh, that's intimacy. But intimacy can just be viewed differently in that culture. Yeah, it's okay to have that level of intimacy with your friends and people you care about. It's obvious Natalie is hurting. So I see it from both sides. I'm leaning more towards close friendship. Mm. But I definitely want to point out that I think TLC wants us or is inferring strongly inferring there's there's more some something right right that there's more there than what's being explicitly stated it's those editing men they're vicious <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but go on 
No, I, I just want to disappoint you by saying that I'm leaning more towards Team Trish. His mom? His mom, yeah. I just feel like it's something that I've always felt from but the get-go. That, does it matter or not if the truth is that she did call her a hooker? Does it, is that irrelevant? I don't think so because I think Natalie being with Mike, she's just using him to get here to the US. And again, nothing wrong with that. Not judging her for that. But I think I'm judging her for using Mike. I'm starting to believe the mom. Like, I don't think she cares about him. Hmm. You know? I just don't see her sincerity. I think she did at one point. No? You think maybe from the beginning, it's been, I got to get to America. Yeah, but she doesn't make it that obvious like how some other people have made it out to be like when, I think you know, I think I get it as yeah. in let me let me everything let me, is self-serving pretty right much. like oh every apology was self-serving like you it's know hey just, I'm sorry because but in her mind she got to get that bag right she, she got to get the ring all, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she got to get the yeah she <laughs> right she right, got to right. hang on till her visa comes around it's it's she, all dependent on making this successful so that she can right all right Wow. I, yeah, what I was going to say is that she doesn't outright say it, like, I got to get to the US. Like, yeah, the yeah, US yeah. is my final destination <laughs> or whatever, right? But you can tell that she's not about the relationship. Hmm. You know, like, already we've established from previous series that she and Mike have differing opinions on kids, on religion. And you can tell that she's not happy about it. That's why she threw back the ring. Yeah. You know, that's why she gave it back to him. For somebody who cares, the ring was one sign, but then the Christmas gifts too. If you really cared about somebody, these are things you would be considerate about. Right. <laughs> but that's why <laughs> when the mom not. say like, she really doesn't care about you. Yeah. Just watch the moment she gets her work visa and green card, she's going to bounce. I think that's what happened. Mike doesn't do anything though, too. And you can still be Team Trish. Yeah, you could still be Team Trish. Yeah. I just think while we're talking about Natalie, I don't think Mike does anything to to help the situation. Yeah, to help the situation. He's not doing anything that would make Natalie want to fall in love with him. I think he's just doing enough. I don't even think he's doing enough. I think the things about him, again, serve Natalie's purpose. American citizenship, yeah, right? Financial stability while she's not working. Like these are things that aren't about him really. Yeah, but that's why I say he's just doing enough. Like, okay, you want to come here? All right, I'll let you stay in my house. All right, I'll marry you and get the visa. All right, I'll feed you or whatever. Like I'll take you around, I'll shuffle you around. Oh, you want to get a sinus surgery? Okay. You, yeah. you, you, you know, you can go under my insurance. It's so all I, very utilitarian. Yeah. Right? Not yeah. very relationship be. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> they have a they have an understanding. Yes. <laughs> That's why I say he's just doing enough to sustain the relationship. Maybe for the cameras, or maybe it's just that's that's just how it is. Because I feel like when we first saw him receive that news about her visa being approved and coming to the u.s he wasn't that excited no not at all he it almost feels like he already had one foot out of the door and now he's like oh now i gotta shuffle this feedback in but then he's trying i can tell that he's trying and you mentioned before we start recording that i think a lot of people said this too the mom seems very harsh when she says things like she's a snake in the grass She's a scammer, period. The phone call was very... It's Yeah, it's hard to hear, right? Because (laughs) she's spewing all this hardcore stuff. But that's what moms do. They'll tell it like it is. They're looking out for their children. So what do you expect? For the mom to like sugarcoat things? Like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Natalie's on her period. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Natalie's missing her mom. She's acting out because... no. That's why I kind of respect Trish for telling it like it is because she's like, you've done all of this and she's acting a fool. She's now going to a friend's house. At every whim, she's going to a friend's house. She's not staying there to work things out. She's going to a friend's house. Yeah, but I still sensed behind it 
like a tone of of maliciousness just added hatred right. <laughs> behind it she wasn't just like well you know she, she had the voice and you know what i mean like it wasn't there was a lot of i don't know it was it was the a lot of acid in her words said it <laughs> the way she said it when we first got introduced to trish she's not any other way that's how she is she's not being wishy-washy which is why i found it to be believable whatever she said I respect it, you know, I respect her honesty, her candor. Hmm. There was nothing to read between the lines. She just said what she thinks. And I don't know, maybe I've had enough of Natalie. I don't know, maybe. I'm trying to be compassionate as well. I am. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's wait till the tell all and then we can do our assessment. Our I want what you said to be true. Which part? The hooker part. Yeah, that it will be revealed during the tell-all. Yeah. It doesn't change anything, though, to me. I would be like, oh, my God, the mom is so horrible. But, like, does it change the outcome? I just want to see Mike's reaction to it. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, I, I would want to see that. I would yeah. definitely want to see that for sure. To know sure. That, that Natalie was being truthful the entire time and your mom actually did say that. Yeah. So I okay. want that. I want that to be true. I see where you're going with this, too. You think that that caused the cascading effects of her being all grumpy and being all not happy with Mike. It's because it stems from that incident that kind of escalated. To- I like a good I told you so story. Mm-hmm. And it's been dragged out for so long that mm-hmm. like this would be the ultimate. I fucking told you so. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and for Mike to go. I can see oh, that. Shit. Yeah. Well, why the fuck did you say that? Like, yeah. Mom. Like, I would like to see that, right? him confronting the mom. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we lose track and go down a rabbit hole here, <laughs> let's move on to Julia and Brandon. Man, if you're still opening a bottle of wine without removing the foil from the top of it, what are you <laughs> what are you learning, bro? Like <laughs> What is, he old enough, is he old enough to drink? <laughs> Who is this guy? Check his ID. DLC, yeah. check his ID, man. Yeah. So this was, um, I don't know. Are you team Julia or team Melanie? Team Melanie. Okay. And I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Because I think she did make an honest effort to make amends with Julia. Mm. And I just think maybe... Julia wasn't patient enough. I agree with Julia when Julia said, you have to see it from my point of view too. You know, people are quick to take his side. No one's quick to see it from where I'm coming from. I completely understand. Mm -hmm. But I also think she just got really defensive, lost her patience. And the baby conversation, I don't know if there's, if I want to use the word blame, I think maybe that was... Definitely bad timing. Why are we talking about a baby right now? But I think that's when things took a turn, right? Or the worst. If we're to trace yeah. where the conversation actually went bad. Yeah. Uh, one, I already knew that Julia w- was not in a great mood mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning. She didn't say thanks. You could have at least said thanks unless the thank you was edited out of the whole housewarming gift part. Yeah, she literally just took the wine bottle or something and then just... Right. So then, you know, when Melanie tried to make an attempt, rather than letting the conversation flow, she's just like, well, no, you got to see it from my point of view. It already became confrontational um, rather than just a conversation to let's let's patch things up. Right. And then it it really, really became super awkward. And (laughs) I don't know how else the conversation could have went. If they weren't on the same page, Julia would have mentioned that anyway. And yeah, who's to say who's ready for kids? I don't know if, if I was in that same kitchen, what, what I would have said. I try to be a voice of reason as well. And that's kind of where I put it on Julia to maybe not be so impatient, maybe to listen to what people have to say. You're the one that brought it up, right? You can't bring it up and then get mad when... Yeah, people when have people, opinions about it. And, right, engage in the conversation. Right. That's all it really was. And she, she lost, she wasn't patient. She lost her patience. You can still talk about it and present your opinion on the situation. If it was about me, 
I would say, well, here's why I think we're ready for kids. I wouldn't be like, well, butt the fuck out of my fucking business. You know what I mean? Or whatever she started saying, right? Automatically like zero to 100. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. You you have your own party. I'm like, (laughs) do you not have any social skills? So, (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Whether or not I think they're ready for kids is a different conversation. I just think she could have handled that better. Yep. But while we're at that, I don't think they're ready for kids. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't they're think not. so. Because A, you barely could move out of your parents' place. If I were one of their friends, I would say pump the brakes. I would probably say what Melanie said. Though I would be a little bit cautious because knowing how Julia has exploded before. With that kind of personality, like how Julia is, instead of saying it in a statement, I would have said it in a question when she said, yeah, you know, have the baby here, blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying like, you know, when you have a baby, it's all about the baby, you know, your life goes out the window because that's what Melanie said, right? I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's along the lines. I would say, oh, Julia, you guys think you're ready? Like, you know what I mean? Ask her about it. So you guys think you're ready for a baby? Like, oh, Brendan, you and Julia, you guys are planning to have a baby. Is this the right time? Exactly. You know, don't you guys want to move out to a bigger place? I mean, like, instead of stating your opinion, I would ask them through an open-ended question. Right. Because then their amygdala. Their you know, amygdala. <laughs> will not get triggered. triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because that already implies failure. It already implies where you stand. It already right. implies disagreement. The way that uh, Melanie put it, when you, when you start making pointed statements like that. Yeah. Whereas ask questions, there's still this, okay, I'm not shutting the idea down. I just want to know what it. makes sense, right? Yeah. Why you believe this makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, totally, totally right. And that's that's most likely also the way I, I would have, not even most likely, I'm sure that's the way I would have approached it myself. Yeah just to see where they're at. It's like when someone tells you that they're about to get married, it's not, well, that's a shitty idea. It's like, yeah, well, exactly. why are you guys you, ready? Are yeah, you guys? Yeah. Why yeah. do you believe this is the one for you? Yeah. Um, have you worked out these issues and right. where, Oh, that's, that's cool. You know, you guys going to move in together. Let's entertain this possibility. Right. And make you make it make sense for me. Right. Rather than this doesn't make sense to me. And uh, you guys are wrong. Right. Yeah. The other thing too, is that, Melanie knows that she's in that really precarious position with Julia. The last thing she wants to do is to come across as being bossy or being so opinionated because she knows that Julia is not going to accept her point of view, even though she comes from a, from a good place. Maybe she, she really wanted to look out for them because it just sounds like it. She's like, well, you guys want to have a baby, you know, like you guys should enjoy each other, enjoy this apartment because when you have a baby, everything goes out of the window. It's all about the baby. Like you can tell she came from a good place, but it's right. the delivery and it's where she stands with Julia that puts her in that position where she's not entitled to give the opinion in that house, in that instance. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for Melanie because like you said, she she puts in that attempt to kind of clear the air, to like bury the hatchet. And then <laughs> and then when she tries to engage in that conversation, Julia asks her to stop talking. And I yeah. thought, wow. That's Just blew weird. up in her face. Like, okay, right. well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I do want to end this with the fact that Brendan said, he's going to check all the condoms from now on. I thought that was harsh, but I <laughs> yeah, guess that's his way of saying like, about it. yeah, I guess, but that's his way of saying I'm not ready. Yeah. If I have to do it, I'll check all the condoms, you know, whatever. Right. So. I laughed. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. The other thing too, and I just want to draw parallels with Natalie is that it just comes across as these women are very strong headed. Like they're, insistent on an idea and they'll fight tooth and nail for it to defend that idea so for julia she's like i want to have a strip pole in the middle of the house now and have a baby (laughs) and she'll fight to defend that idea (laughs) for natalie it's like i don't want to be an interpreter i want to 
fucking become a TV personality or whatever, right? She wants to pursue this career and she will defend that fucking idea. Even though Trish said, well, great. I'm not refusing or rejecting that idea. Mm. I just want you to help Mike while you pursue that idea. And then she got very defensive and became bitter about it. There's no room for discussion right. like, or to explore other opportunities it's it's almost as if like that's it and then yeah. you're offended by it very like, very very insistent on it's like a trait that they kind of have in common and i thought i just want to point that out so shall we talk about jovi and yara since i'm talking about eastern european women here okay so <laughs> where do i even start with this Let's, there's, there's okay. a lot here to unpack i i will start with this sentence though Jovi has a strip club addiction. Change our minds. <laughs> oh my gosh. He um, does because who the fuck comes with stacks already in his back pocket? Of and, ones and whatever. I don't yeah, know what denomination of bills, but yeah. Uh, and like tries to blow a kiss and then touch the stripper. Like this guy has an addiction. He does. He needs to go for therapy or something. I don't know, but. <laughs> I mean, I hate to judge him, but it just seems like that's his happy place, right? And I get it. Some people's happy place is at a poker table, but Jovi's is at a strip club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy will not leave until he gets a lap dance. Or until the stripper removes some item of her clothing or something. It just seems that way. I don't know. Maybe this is good editing from TLC, but... It has led me to believe that Jovi has an addiction. He can't get away. He can't get away from that life. He's not ready to turn his back right. on that life just yet. And I didn't see it that way at first. But now that you're mentioning, I think you're making really good points. I really just thought he wanted to share something he enjoys with his wife. That too. Don't get me wrong. I think he definitely wants her to come along for the ride. Yeah. And have fun with him. But that's his addiction. That's his addiction. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, there were other ways for them to have fun. He didn't listen to his mom. His mom was like, you're going to want to do something that she enjoys, that she thinks is fun, not something that you think is fun. Yeah. You know, you think it's fun to, to go out and knock out a few beers, but why don't you just start by taking her to a nice restaurant? And I think he listened that much. But then when it came to the strip club, I'm like, that's because you think that's fun. Mm. And here's the thing. She was a good sport about it. Right. The way he maneuvered that conversation was to make a deal, was Mm. to bargain. And that was all on him. That was his fault. He didn't live up to the bargain. He didn't live up to the bargain. And it's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. He made the deal. Look, if we're not having a good time, then um, we, we can always go out and do something else. And she humored him and she said, oh, all right, yeah, let's go for it. And she did like she did the bills. She made bills, it rain. Yeah, she, she made, made it rain. rain. You know, she she shared a drink, I think, with him. And she was pretty much in good spirits for most of the time, even though she was like, "Ooh, I don't yeah. like this. But it's not her thing. And it's that's why she thing. didn't want to stay for the full show and that's fine jovi you all right. you need to do is pick up and leave yeah you, you don't have to deal. insist right you made a deal with her and that deal was look we can get out and do something else if it comes to a point where it's not your thing yeah and he didn't hold up his end of the bargain right it was, was simple like- as that yeah and then he said something later on like i just figured you know we, we just finish our drinks and then leave but he didn't even tell he didn't even communicate that you know, right. he didn't say, well, let's finish. We'll go. We'll go as soon as we finish this. He did say they can leave anytime. I wrote that down. He did, right? He did say we can leave anytime. So this is all on him. Yeah. Addiction. Addiction. <laughs> um, what I did note, though, was I kind of understand how the frustration he feels. And it's not so much that the change of whether she's a mom or not. And this happened to me. I I related to it because when I started dating someone, they were different than when we were in the, I guess, talking slash flirting stage. And and I know people change all the time. But for me, it's like, there's that, I call it the test drive, right? 
Mm. And it's, it's not to make an analogy. It is actually to make an analogy between women and cars or not even women and cars, but, but but partners, (laughs) partners and cars, right? You can't show me something during the test drive. And then when I commit, I get a totally different product, right? Yeah. That's a shitty comparison. But all I'm saying is if the talking stage or this like flirtation stage is a preview, if, if you're showing me the parts of you that I deem are what we have in common, our similarities, the reasons we're going to be getting along and the reasons we're going to be successful, you're kind of telling me, this is what you can have. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I yeah. go, man, fucking sign me up. And then, <laughs> and then we put a ring on it or whatever. And then you're like, psych, you know, so mm-hmm. I, he, he feels like what happened. Yeah. You know, what happened? You, you're not the person. And then I, we hear this a lot, right? You're not the person I married. It is true. Like she's different now because she's a mom, but I, yeah. I understand the frustration of going, you used to be fun. Yeah. You, you, you know what you I mean? You used to be a Lexus, but then now you're a Toyota. <laughs> we get it, Lon. But I mean, I, that's the, like that. But that's the thing, though. The trailer didn't live up to the movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know? I don't know how else to say. I'm trying to come up with all these different right. analogies. And make it sound right? like a Zack Snyder it's movie like now. You get the preview of like, oh, yeah, like that's going to be great. And yeah. then when it's delivered, right? It's. <laughs> I remember that feeling. For me, it was Star Wars Episode 1. <laughs> but Lon, seriously though, the live event that I think caused her to supposedly change, right? It's the fact that she became a mom. A mom because right. that is a huge life event. It changes you. It changes everything around you. And I would actually be disappointed if she's still a party girl, even though she's a mom. All right. Like, but what I she think- said, she made an important point though. She said she wasn't really that party girl. She was a grandma. I know. I, I was, That's yeah, so I was relatable like to the me. Entire time, I just didn't. Yeah, I forgot how she phrased it, but she said no, no, she, I was she did always say like that. a homebody, or I was always like this, yeah, or something. Like now, she has the opportunity to actually be that, but that's who the real her was. I don't blame her because think about it as the animal kingdom, right? When you want to attract your mate, you will project this image of what your mate wants she was peacocking she was peacocking (laughs) when actually she was just a bald (laughs) eagle i don't know what's the best (laughs) analogies i'm sorry but she peacocked her way to jovi's life and i guess she got what she wants right and Mm. and now she's like all right well actually i'm a grandma (laughs) I just want to be home by seven. I just want to chill at the couch. And I find that kind of relatable because when you're in the dating stage, yeah, you have to do whatever it takes to get your mate. I feel like it's an animal instincts type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But then after the dust has settled, I think that's where you can get comfortable in your own skin and you can kind of show your partner who you really are. And some people may do a 180 but some people may kind of tone it down and maybe for her it's more of a 180 than toning it down like i feel like i can still go to a music festival but do i really want to i don't know because my partner is not into it Mm -hmm. but i can really turn up the party mode but at the same time i do want to chill at home i'm a homebody so i can kind of relate to that that's why when she said like i'm actually a grandma like i totally cheered that on i was Mm -hmm. like you go girl that's my animal spirit too grandma (laughs) He's just not ready for this next chapter in their lives. He's not. We talked about this too. He's just not. I think she is. She's fully embraced it. She's got a kid. Yeah. She wants to go. She She leans all in. She's all in on motherhood and being a wife, being a mother. He's all about that strip club life. He's still about the strip club life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you made a good point too. Like he's away most of the time. So when he's away from his family, all he can think about is the, f- the fun he's going to have when he gets back. I don't think yep. he's thinking of, well, I'm going to, you know, I, I have, I don't know how many days off he gets from work, but you know, he's not thinking about his days off from work and going, I'm going to stay home and be boring. Like, yeah, no, he's, he's not thinking about, oh man, I just want to go back home and fucking have a great time again. That's so common amongst people who work offshore where they're stuck out there in the sea or in in the middle of nowhere. So when they're in their element, right, when they're home, 
in their natural habitat, so to speak. They want to live it up. They want to paint yeah. the town red. They want to, like in Joey's they're case, under-stimulated. So right. now they're trying to yeah. get all of that out of their system now. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> ah, yep. That's going to be very interesting. And speaking of interesting, Kalani and Oswelu. Oh, no. <laughs> Fucking Oswelu, man. Can I start with Oswelu? Yeah, go for it. I know everyone's going to talk about Tammy and his mom. But I think this could have been, well, I don't know if it could have been avoided. I think it started when his stubborn ass brought up the baby again. Oh, I got a special gift for you. That's not a special gift for her, you idiot. That's, that's putting her on the spot. Yeah, that's a special gift for you. You were definitely going to pressure her into this baby talk again, right? Yeah. After you already had the discussion, that was super selfish for him to pull that out and for him to, like you said, put her on the spot like that and to mask it as like a gift. Look what I fucking, I got for you. I was trying to be thoughtful and this is yours. Like the fuck that was irritating that to me, I was just like, that's dumb, dude. What are you doing? And then that led to the big blow up, right? The finale of last episode. So the football tackle. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Santa tackling <laughs> yeah I don't know that looked kind of weird too I don't know I don't know how, how I felt about that scene that looked a little funny to me mm. <laughs> I kind of read somewhere that people are asking like why isn't Tammy having more babies yeah that's not even his house either right, right. That, isn't that her parent I think that's Kalani's parents house because Kalani and Nisweli have not yet bought a home right, right? As, as far as we know yeah, so for Tammy to insinuate that they have money because they have a nice house, in my head, I was like, but that's not even their house. Like, yeah, I also find it rude that the first thing she said when she got into the house was, how much did you pay for this house? Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, sit your ass down and eat yeah. the food and shut up. Like, yeah. that's so rude to, like, ask people that from the get-go, you know, like, well, once you step into the house, you suddenly question, like, oh... Right. You must be rich. Like, how much did you get the house for? It's like, where are your manners? Oh, my God. I just don't like them. They always project this air of of greediness and selfishness and wanting money. It always comes down to the money. Yeah. Even the way the mom was, you're not going to need to give me money. I'm like, (laughs) are we back to this again? Oh, my gosh. But I like how Asuelu stood up for himself and his family. Like, oh. Can we just not talk about money? This is Christmas, you know? Yeah. And he also said, so you rather I give you money and just let my kids starve? I like how he nipped that in the butt, but the fact that he also dug his own hole by giving the baby blanket to Kalani in front of everyone. You know that's a trigger for your mom yeah. and your sister because they're all about what you want. They're trying to find faults with her and her family. Right. I thought that was a foolish move on his part to um, present her with the baby blanket. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't like the fact too that the mom said like, son, you better find yourself another wife, please. Like, are you serious? That was crossing the line. You want your grandchildren to be without their parents together? That that to me, that's, that was crossing the line, especially for for a family event, a Christmas like party at that. That was yeah. That was just poor. Hopefully poor. that's scripted. That's yeah, that's hopefully. Poor taste. Yeah, hopefully. I hope it is because there were some parts where, you know, she kept talking about the house where I was like, okay, you know, they really they're really trying to make it a fact that we get this, that we understand that she keeps talking about this nice house. So yeah, I, I too hope it was scripted and Kalani crying though didn't look that that looked real, huh? Yeah, that looked real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's a jerk. And it's like you're saying you don't have money, and then at the same time you're like, let's have another kid. I don't know. It just doesn't that (laughs) aggravates me. That (laughs) really aggravates me. You're not making a good case for yourself here. You you don't make financial sense. Yeah. All right, Lon, we've come to the end of our coverage here. Let's wrap it up with our WTF moment. Uh, For me, the WTF moment was definitely Jovi not holding his end of the bargain. Mm. It was that simple. 
mm-hmm. you could have went home having a great time and Yara in a good mood. Granted, she did this for you. You know, she would have been happy if you just left and ended up doing something else. It would have been a small part of the night where you all had fun. She was a bit uncomfortable, but she did what she wanted to do. And then you took her back out and ended the, the night on a high note. Um, and instead, it just became it just becomes another source of like fighting. Now she has bad memories. Now, you know, now she'll never come to a strip club. Not that she would have again, but there could have been a chance that she had some fun and that you gave her a good memory and was like, see, I'm not going to go off and jerk off like what you think I'm going to do or what, yeah. what men do right after coming back from the strip club. You could have made that a pleasurable experience, at least a little bit. And um, you ruined it. Yeah. You ruined a really good night. So true. So yeah. true. My WTF moment is Michael masturbating to Angelus <laughs> on the phone. Capital WTF right there. Yeah. I don't know how he managed, but slow clap for him. He managed. Slow clap. So another thing that stuck out to me about that scene was how insecure she was. What do you right? mean? Let me show, me, show me the room. There better not be anybody in there. Yeah. Is, there, is there porn? Porn in there? Yeah, like... Yeah. Angela, really? Is it that bad? Like, oh my gosh. More to not like about her. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also donate to our Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. You can catch me on Instagram at lon, L-A-N underscore like underscore L-A-W-N, or at I-I-T-A-L-I-X. I stream on Facebook every weekend, Fridays and Saturdays, starting between 9 and 10 p.m. Pacific time, and I stay up all night long. Thank you so much for listening, folks. All right, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to all our followers and subscribers. We love you guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.